Welcome to Aging in Style with me, Lori Williams. I'm an optimist by nature, and I believe you can follow your dreams at any age. My grandmother's journey with dementia ignited a passion in me to work with seniors. I've spent the past 13 years learning about seniors and aging. In my mid-50s, I followed my own dream and founded my company, where I use my expertise to help seniors locate housing and resources. On this podcast, we cover all aspects of aging. Join us each week to meet senior living experts and inspirational seniors who are following their dreams. The fact is, we're all aging, so why not do it in style? Hi, welcome to another episode of Aging in Style with Lori Williams. I'm so glad you're here today. Our topic is all about caring for our aging loved ones um, and how it can be complicated and confusing when we get into sort of like the legal terminology. And it comes up a lot, like what is a power of attorney and what's a, you know, a living will, what's durable power of attorney, all these different legal terms that come up and people are confused about it. So I have the perfect guest today. We have Kelly Walling, who is on. And she is an attorney here in Dallas. She was born and raised here. And she practices probate, estate planning, guardianship, and business law, both drafting documents and handling disputes. She has two kids, Andrew, who's in college, and Catherine, who's 13. And she serves on the board of directors of Justice for Children, a national organization for abused and neglected kids. So thank you, Kelly. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you for having me. So How did you decide to be a lawyer? I always like to ask people how they chose their careers. My dad was a lawyer. Really? Starting as soon as I could walk, I would go with him to the office as much as he would let me. And um, I went around the courthouse with him a lot. I was allowed to sit in the judge's chairs because I was there so often. And and everybody knew me by name. And then Mm -hmm. I spent a lot of time working in his office, which was the funnest legal office I've ever seen. And the purpose that he had was so pure and um, he made it so fun and learning the keeping abreast of the field was critical to him. And so I got to see it with with great ethics and great Mm -hmm. devotion and great happiness and great fun. And so those are the things that drew me to this profession. That's so wonderful. And I, you know, I've known you for a while and I did not know that. So I'm, I'm glad I asked that question. <laughs> um, and so what you do, you, you work with seniors a lot and you do the estate planning and you post and publish a lot of really interesting articles all about that, um, which is why I just knew I had to have you on the show. So let's kind of start off. What is power of attorney? Let's just kind of define some of those terms. Okay, well, uh, there there are two different kinds of powers of attorney in Texas. One is called the statutory durable power of attorney, which is also known as the financial power of attorney. And then the other one is the medical power of attorney. And both of these become active upon your incapacity. The financial power of attorney gives the person you choose the right to make all your financial decisions, including changing your accounts, you know, emptying your accounts and putting them in different investment funds. It's a very responsible position that somebody takes on your behalf. And you need to do those before uh, you are incapacitated because once you're incapacitated, you don't have the competency to do them. 
And then the medical power of attorney is the same thing, but it is done to allow some person the ability to make your medical decisions on your behalf when you become incompetent and are no longer able to do them. And that's another one that, of course, is very important uh, because you don't want that left up to chance or the doctor. You know, you really would like to leave these two things up to people who love you and have your best interests at heart and who know you and know what you would like to have done. Uh, and both of those documents will keep you out of a guardianship. Um, I, I know everybody has heard of a guardianship. We use them often for uh, aged people who are incapacitated and then also for people with disabilities who might be younger. The, those are the two most common situations where you need them. And guardianships are very expensive. Uh, they are very time consuming. They are difficult to get. They require a lot of lawyer participation. Um, they're easy to mess up. The, our lawyers like to say that if you, you do a guardianship, keep all of your receipts down to every last one because you're constantly reporting to the judge who has discretion over what you can and cannot do. And um, it's just, I, I consider it to be a, a last ditch option. Mm -hmm. And it's really, if you can avoid doing a guardianship by doing these two powers of attorney, you're in much better shape in just about any way you can think of. Yeah, that's great to know. So when do you advise people to go ahead and have that set up? Probably, you know, younger than we would think, yeah, <laughs> not just a senior. Course, mm -hmm. Right. Of course, I mean, a lot of people don't do it until they're seniors, but I did mine. I did mine three weeks after I had my first child. Uh, because all of a sudden I realized I had a child, you know, things mattered to, to somebody and I needed to be responsible for this child. Um, but, but a lot of people don't do that until they are uh, getting older and having some kind of health events. Uh, I, my personal opinion is that it is never too soon because mm -hmm. you can be disabled at any point in life for one reason or another. Yeah, that's a, a really good point. So a, a lot of times when I'm talking to a family, um, usually it's an adult child and say, you know, a, the dad has dementia or whatever, you know, if they don't have power of attorney, that can be a problem. They can't get in there and find out what's going on with dad. So at that point, you know, if someone has dementia and I share this with you, you know, sometimes we have people who dad has dementia, he's at home, and they can't move him forward. They know he's not in a safe environment, but they feel like they can't do anything because they're going against his wishes. What can they do in that type of situation where they're already mentally capacitated in some form? So what, what can they do? They can go get a guardianship. Okay. And really, and that's about it. So mm -hmm. that's why these other two documents, the medical and financial powers of attorney are so critical. So do those now before there's an issue. Definitely. Okay. okay. I guess what's kind of involved with getting the power of attorney, it's just pretty much a legal document and you name the people or the person that you want to be in charge, correct? Correct. That is correct. And usually not only are you going to have that first person that you choose to be your agent, but you would want to choose an alternate as well. Usually I do two alternates for people. And I feel more comfortable making sure that if something happens to your first or second, you've still got somebody. If you don't have that many people, don't worry about it. Mm -hmm. You know, if you only have one, that's better than none. 
Um, it's just if you happen to have others around that you would feel comfortable having it again, it, you know, just it plans for another contingency that way. Okay. And then we hear the term living will a lot. What is a living will? Okay. Um, that, that term uh, makes me crazy because <laughs> it has the word will in it, you mm-hmm. know, and, and so, and it has the word living in it, which is when people make their regular wills. So it's a little bit confusing. It's also known as an advanced directive. It's a form of advanced directive. And what it does is that it deals with your medical health when you are close to death. It is about life-sustaining measures, what you do and don't want. Um, typically, it comes into effect when you have uh, your terminal, basically. Mm-hmm. Okay. And when, when we talk about estate planning, what exactly, like, what does that cover? Like, all documents, if someone wanted to be completely covered, have their estate, they want to, you know, they want to plan for everything so their kids aren't having to deal with making decisions for them. What all does that encompass? Okay. Well, that would be a will. Mm-hmm. And then you would have a medical power of attorney, and you would have a statutory durable power of attorney, which is the financial one. And then you would want a HIPAA release so that whomever has your agency and your medical power of attorney can actually look at your records. And that makes their job a lot easier. And then an advanced directive or living will. There are other documents, but those are the ones that, as a matter of course, you need to keep together and do all of at one time. Okay, good to know. And that's something everyone should do, no matter your age, if, especially like you said, if, you're, if you just have your first child. I mean, that's kind of when you're really thinking about it. Um, but for anyone would be important to do those documents. Another thing that comes up, I had this happen with a family not long ago where they did not have power of attorney. I believe the husband did. But the wife, he was not making good decisions for her. They were covering up for the family. They had no idea how poorly she was doing. And they went, it was during COVID, so they weren't able to get in and and take a look. And every time they called, there was an excuse why she couldn't get on the phone. Well, when they finally got over there to see, she was completely bedridden. She was in a very bad state. She had wounds, sores, and everything. It It was just awful. Well, they had to get call APS to get involved and they moved her into a nursing home. So in a case like that, I guess what's going on because they didn't have, the daughter did not have power of attorney. Is that her only recourse in something, you know, that type of a situation? She can go to court and Mm -hmm. explain what's happening and challenge the power of attorney and ask that it be removed and ask that she be substituted or that somebody else be substituted. Okay. And court. Okay. Or in a case, you know, something like that, if no one had power of attorney at that point, would they gain guardianship? That would be their only recourse? Yes. Okay. Yes. So I crossed paths recently with a gentleman who shares my passion for seniors. His name is Jimmy Zolo, and he shared with me that after both of his grandparents had moved into a senior care community, his family's world was just turned upside down as they became caregivers overnight. As you know, being a caregiver to someone close to you is often overwhelming, and there's just so much for you to manage, even with the support of living in the senior care community, like making sure your loved one has all the products they need and keeping them stocked when stuff runs out. 
Well, Jimmy had that problem too. And he was scrolling through all of these product reviews across the internet. And like most of us in the sandwich generation, we don't have enough hours in the day. So it can end up being way too time consuming and frustrating. He wished there was a simpler way to shop for his grandparents. And then of course the pandemic hit, which prevented visitation to the communities, making this process even more difficult. So Jimmy decided to launch his own business to solve this problem. He founded Joe and Bella to make shopping for older adults simple. They carry everything from comfy clothes to creative gifts. They even have toiletries that can be automatically reordered and tech that makes caregiving easier. And what I love, and I know y'all will love this too, is that each and every product on Joe and Bella has been carefully selected by caregiving experts. Jimmy is giving us an exclusive offer for the listeners of this podcast. You can use promo code STYLE to receive 10% off your first purchase at joeandbella.com. That's code S-T-Y-L-E, STYLE, for 10% off at joeandbella.com. Okay, good to know. And then we also hear, and I know this could go into a really long talk, but I mean, what is like probate when we hear those terms? What exactly does, does that mean? That happens when somebody dies having property of some kind or another. Mm -hmm. And what you do is you go to court and you ask the court to help you figure out what all that property is, what all the debts are, pay off the debts that need paying, distribute the rest of the assets to the beneficiaries, and then just close it down. Okay. So, so that it's legally a closed estate. Okay. And then if you have a will and have all your estate planning done, do you still go to probate or no? Yes, you, you do. do. Go okay. To, there are ways to avoid probate um, or to minimize it significantly. And uh, often trusts are used for that purpose. Um, there are also ways to transfer uh, residential real estate outside of a will or a trust. A lot of people transfer all their assets into non-probate estate assets. And by that, I mean that some of these these assets don't go through a will, even if you have a will. And those are specific properties like uh, life insurance and retirement benefits. Those are not considered to be part of your probate estate. So that's stuff the court wouldn't deal with. You'd just deal with the company holding those assets. Okay. And then what is, what is a trust exactly? A trust is a legal vehicle basically. And it has um, status with the IRS. It's recognized as an entity with the IRS. And what it is, is you put your asset or assets into the trust for the trust to hold. You remain the beneficiary. So you get the benefit of ownership, whatever that might be. But you have a trustee who is in a fiduciary relationship who is managing the property and deciding how and when to distribute it according to the terms of the trust. Okay. People choose a trust. Do they do that if they have a lot of assets and they're trying to, you know, not, I guess, not get taxed or <laughs> save yeah. as much yeah. as possible? Um, well, you know, really the, the trusts are becoming more and more popular. Oklahoma, for example, almost, you know, it's very, very common. A lot of people up there use them. We have been a reluctant state, uh, so we're not fast in coming to the process, but uh, we have, in fact, started using them more. And yes, what you do is, you know, if you, if you put your stuff in trust, then you don't have to wait to have the ownership 
interest transfer at the time of your death. And and probate can take a while. Mm-hmm. So, you know, people get, get stuck paying house payments and motor vehicle payments on, on assets that have debts that aren't anybody's yet, you know. And, and I've got a man right now whose mother just passed away and she doesn't have anything in trust. So he's paying her house payment. He's paying her motor vehicle insurance payments. He's paying her car payment. And with those two specific assets, the house and the cars, you can actually transfer those without going through probate. Those Mm -hmm. are specific documents we can also do for you. Um, And it's just the more you put in the trust, the less you have to deal with in probate. And the advantage of that is that you get to it much faster. Mm -hmm. Okay. So if, if you had just, this kind of made me think of an example, but if you had a couple, an elderly couple and, you know, they did not do any estate planning. They do not have POA or anything. And the husband suddenly passes away. What happens, you know, for the wife? Does something happen with her accounts? I mean, can she still access the checking accounts? I mean, what actually happens? Well, it, you know, it depends uh, on how the account is held. And uh, t- to some extent, banks do uh, make their own decisions. Like you're, you're supposed to have one power of attorney that's accepted everywhere under the sun. But I would not recommend relying on that because I have seen banks turn them down. So um, I, I always encourage people to have their own conversations with their own bankers and find out exactly um, like I was dealing with UBS the other day. And the gentleman who was, was the financial advisor said to me, well, we have our own POA form and they're not supposed to. They're, mm-hmm. they're not supposed to have have that, but sometimes they will. And you would want to fill that out in advance too. And if you have an account that is held as joint tenants in common, uh, then that would be a situation where you would have access to the account because your name is on it. Mm-hmm. If you are on it as joint tenants with right of survivorship, not only do you have access to that account, you have ownership of the entire account. Mm-hmm. Um, instead of it's being half and half, like a marital property division would be. So it just, it depends on a lot of factors. Mm -hmm. Do you find that a lot of seniors don't, you know, have all this done, have estate planning done? Or how do you, do you find that there's a lot of people who maybe don't do it? Is it like, you know, procrastination or they don't want to think about dying? Is there, you know, what do you see? Well, I, they, there are a lot of people mm-hmm. who, who don't have it done, and um, I think it's it's partly procrastination. It's a lot of work. You have to, you know, get together. What are all your assets? What are your debts? You know, I, I think probably one of the biggest factors that slows people down is picking these people to be executor mm-hmm. or trustee or their power of, to hold their power of attorney. Mm-hmm. Um, those are big decisions. And, uh, and people don't like to, to, to make them. <laughs> yeah, I could see that. I know I was just sitting here thinking I need to get all this done too. So you and I are going to need to talk, <laughs> but then I was thinking, who would I pick? <laughs> yeah. yeah, That's what slows people down the most with, yeah. with uh, the people I run across. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, and I asked that question because, you know, I'll be completely <laughs> transparent. I think we haven't done it. And it's um, procrastination on our part, I would say. <laughs> I'll be completely honest there. So um, yeah, so yeah. I'm sure I'm in good company. <laughs> yes, you are. You are. <laughs> so is there anything else that um, 
that you think that you've seen, you know, for people, especially seniors that they, that would help, you know, survivors or families when, you know, seniors have passed away? Uh, well, I, I think that knowing about what's going on before you get there is always very helpful. And there are a lot of wonderful resources online on different topics that are, are, are very good. Uh, one example would be the AARP. They, they put out a good amount of stuff. And then, um, you know, call somebody like me and ask. I, I don't charge a fee uh, to explain it and put you in touch with the right groups to get the right information or just show you an article or, or whatever you need. But that's, I would say, education. Yeah, absolutely. Which is why we're doing this podcast, because I know these things come up. Like I said, all the time, people you know, don't know what a POA is, why they need to have it. They have not done this estate planning and they just kind of, you know, put it off. Maybe everyone I think has kind of like a vague idea of what it is, but maybe didn't know in detail. So I really appreciate you being on today to um, to explain all of that. Um, I always like to ask guests this question because it's always very interesting, but is there a senior who is inspirational in your life? Oh, yes. I have to say two, just not just one, because okay. one's my dad and one's my mom. <laughs> and I talked about my dad and then my mom is is the other. And uh, she's just, you know, one of those people that just exudes energy and um, is inclusive. And she is so smart. And she was a teacher. And she taught me to love learning just more than just about anything else. And um she has been my dear friend and my supporter and my promoter through my entire life. And mm-hmm. um, I am doing a lot of caring for her at, at mm-hmm. this point. And it is, it is such a gift. I am oh. so glad that I get the opportunity to give back to her. That's beautiful. I love that. Um, and I'm glad that you can be there for her. I think that that's great. We all you know, want to have the opportunity to give back to someone who's taken care of us throughout our life and has been such an inspiration. So I think that's really beautiful. So I appreciate you being on today. And like Kelly said, if you have questions, um, you know, just defining what this is, or if you're ready to go ahead and do the state planning, which I am, <laughs> contact Kelly and we will have all of her information um, available so that you can reach her. But she's a great resource. And I just, I, I love that you explain things so clearly. So it's, you take something that can be confusing and you make it much less confusing. So I appreciate that about you. <laughs> You're very welcome. Thank you for having me today. Sure. Thank you for being a guest and thank you all for listening. And we will have all the um, contact information and a lot of what we talked about resources and everything as we always do with the podcast. And you can go to my website if you have questions and want you know additional information. And it's lauriewilliams-seniorservices.com. Thanks for joining us and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. 